I don't know. Have you ever scored from a corner, Karen? Have you ever oh, taken a corner? I've, I've never. Absolutely not. I only give them away. Okay, let's talk about the Irish boys. Keep up to date with the latest WSL action and the biggest interviews. Subscribe to the Koi Gig podcast stream on the OTB Sports app now. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. Uh, right, so Neil talking about our rugby coverage yesterday. Terrible being an England fan at the moment. The result was never in doubt after the card. Had things played out differently, Ireland would still have walked away winners. The scrum penalties were perplexing and it looked like those decisions affected Ireland, but they pulled through convincingly. And as plenty of pointed out, England never looked like scoring. Complete shambles from England, the Six Nation, performing worse than last year. Many believe England under Jones will come good at the World Cup. I think they're deluding themselves and the RFU have put themselves in a corner by giving Jones a blank check through to the World Cup. Whatever credit Jones had, he's running up a pretty steep overdraft at the moment and many of us believe he's sold us a lemon to the rugby now. I'm delighted to say Mike Ross is with us this morning to try and make some sense of what happened in the scrums. Mike, good morning to you. How are you getting on? Not too bad. How are you guys? Yeah, good. Like, uh, on the face of it, there's been a big backlash from Ireland anyway about the nature of the scrum penalties and Matthew Renault is being blamed for what happened. Do we need to look at ourselves first though and stop blaming the referee and, and maybe try and understand what we could have done differently in this scenario? Because let's let's say we were to be refereed like that in a World Cup quarterfinal or, you know, we can dream a semi-final. Come along afterwards blaming the referee is well and good, but you're out of the tournament. Yeah, I mean, look, I was at the game on Saturday. I was kind of in the south stand, so it was kind of difficult for me to see what was going on. But afterwards, I went went through them a few times and I had a look. And look, there's definitely stuff we could have done better. You know, a couple of times we were losing the engage and taking a step back and readjusting, which helped England do what they wanted. But at the same time, you know, England were creating a kind of a, a sheer, like shearing off scenario. So again, just kind of chasing up on the loose head side and then Sinclair was coming across to try and create a three and two and shear off to the side. And if, if a referee isn't refereeing that, it's quite hard to stop. I mean, there's a couple of things you can do about it, but they're, they're you know, it's it's not guaranteed. So yeah, look at a combination of like, we can probably be better in our, in our uh, setup and engagement. Um, but there's also, you know, an element of the, you know, the referee needs to um, do his job can you explain that um, England move so, so essentially Genge goes in first and it, it, it takes out the so, hooker so, yeah, completely so what, is it no so Genge the, <clears throat> chases hard up and he kind of actually not really directly against Furlong he kind of goes almost on his outside and then that creates a pivot in the scrum and then a, a Sinclair attack attacks the, the joint as a result right so if the scrum goes like this they try and break off um so kind of pivoting around Furlong and hopefully squaring up then and then they march up the field. I mean, if you, if you, if you think back to last year, Ireland did something similar, you know, where England attacked and then Ireland kept their shape and drove straight through. Is there anything that you can do if you're tied Furlong in that position? couple of things, but, you know, they're not guaranteed success. One, you can start crabbing to the right to counteract the rotation that's coming against you. So the, the whole thing starts going, going, like going right or right across the pitch to the right. Another thing is to maybe start angling in yourself and then, you know, stay square. Don't allow yourself to be taken by the rotation. and But you have to really angle across and then they will break off then, but then you've stayed where you are and it looks you're basically two packs marching up against the field in opposite directions. But, you know, those are both, you know, 
hard to do. And risky enough, I suspect, in that the referee looks for who's going forwards and yeah. it kind of referees on momentum as opposed to the technicalities of it. Yeah, which is generally what French referees do. They will, if someone looks like they're going forward, they're going to give them the benefit of the doubt. Okay. Let's say we could, we had a, a magic rewind button and we knew what England were going to do and we're sitting in, in the um, coach's room in advance of the game. What are you saying to the Ireland team about, like, is it is it more in early engagement with the referee? Because Furlong did try a little bit of it across the course of the match and it didn't seem to have that much of an impact on Reno. H- how do you influence the referee to get a better outcome and how do you actually influence then what England well, are doing? Usually, you supply footage to the referee prior to the game of things you're concerned about. No, you know that doesn't exist in this scenario. Or you can verbally tell them, "Hey, look, you know we're, we want fair, we want a fair contest. We want to scrummage square and straight, and we don't want to be dancing around." Um, but yeah, it is difficult. Like ultimately, is the referee is going to decide how he's going to interpret things, and there's only so much you can do about that. But like potentially, I'd like to see us cheat a little bit more. You know. Um, sometimes you have to, you know, make make your own make your own decisions, um, and not be so. If you look at Ireland historically, we've kind of had a very square and straight scrum, and um, haven't haven't exactly. I don't think I've ever seen Irish back do what England did at the weekend. So I, w- I don't see why you shouldn't start doing it if it's going to be rewarded. Why shouldn't we do it? And like that, that's interesting, especially in the context of the two props being pretty experienced for Ireland at the moment so it's not something that they've they've ever engaged in in really if they didn't resort to it on Saturday yeah well with, like it's not really how, how this Irish scrummage coach you know John Fogarty has been doing a pretty good job up until now um, and if you, if you look at how Ireland scrummage is square it's straight they try and dip all dip and push at the same time uh, in the same direction uh, I've scrummage I've scrummaged in England for a number of years or in my early in my career and the scrum is seen as like it's free for all you, you know the one rule of the scrum just go forward don't matter how right so that that, that, that kind of is a nice petri dish of uh, I guess bending the rules to, to whatever meets your strengths yeah well the, if you're getting away with it you're getting penalties you know if I was in England's position I would have done exactly the same thing I'd have kept going to where I was getting penalties because I was Giving them entries into the game, it was giving them points, it was giving them strength and momentum. So, and if the referee's not refereeing it, then by all means, keep doing it. Do you think there's a possibility that we didn't get a yellow card because Reno didn't quite know what he was giving the penalties for? That that like Eddie Jones afterwards is complaining, you know, I mean that's not, not exactly a surprise, but that the referee's like, I'm gonna just give this penalty here, but I don't really know. I mean, I've had a word with them. I'm not really convinced myself. Yeah, well, there was no one specific offender, was there? You know, I mean, you're getting penalised for, well, in Reynolds' man going backwards. So, I mean, there's no one falling to the floor. There's no one, you know, standing up. It was just kind of slewing around and a bit of a merry-go-round, really. And Reynolds just decided that it was one or the other's fault. One of the other things that uh, became a, a big talking point in advance of the last World Cup when Devon Toner was dropped was the tight head lock. Um, is that something that we should all be having a conversation again about this week? Is there anything in our back row, or sorry, in our second row that could have helped prevent, like was Ty Furlong a bit of an island? 
Well, look, your tight head lock is very important uh, to your scrum. Okay, and look, we lost James Ryan early on, which didn't help. Um, Hendy, Hendy does play there quite a bit, and he's pretty good. But, you know, um, James is, you know, a fairly key component of that scrum. And if you look at the loose head lock, like Tyg Byrne, he's, he's, um, he's more of a jumping lock or a six. You know, so he's not, like, we don't have a Paul Williams in the pack. You know who's a bit of a tractor when it comes to the scrum. We don't have like I think the last kind of scrum machine, second row scrum machine lock like that. Be Quinn Rue, who's uh, who, you know is over in France at the moment. So you know we don't we don't have we have we play a quick mobile game and our our pack makeup reflects that. Is there anything you can do? Is there anybody like could we should we be trying to turn Ryan Baird for the benefit of his long term future into that or? or I, not? I don't know. I don't, I don't know how how we scrum it. So that, look, there's a smart brains trust in in the Irish coaching unit, so I'm sure they'll be looking at all the different options. Uh, like I think that the, like the one big uh, if you look through the provinces, you probably have someone like Klein who would be who would fit the bill. But does he does he be able to deliver the rest of the bits and pieces that this Irish team wants? I don't know. So how does this coaching team go about, uh, I guess, fulfilling your wish there of wanting to see Ireland cheat a little bit more? Just I, I don't know. I don't know. If, I don't know if they're going to do it. Like, there's no point just throwing the baby out with the bathwater here, right? Mm. So we've had up until now, we've had like even even on Saturday, our scrum success is 100. percent You know. Um, and it's, it's the first time I've seen us troubled in a long time. So I'm not going to hit the panic button and just kind of reset everything that we're doing. But you know, per- perhaps you know, start start gaming into a few more scenarios. You know, I mean, every week of training, there's two up packs going at each other, so we can start almost like war gaming. You know, different scenarios that you see coming up against, and I'm sure that this week they'll be looking at that because you know Scotland will have been watching that and go right. We're going to try this, see if it works. But it might never work again, you know. I mean, referee might might never get a referee who permits. Yeah, and like I guess when you talk about wargaming, I mean, once the Six Nations is done, they're going to zoom out. They're going to look at the summer. They're going to look at yeah. South Africa coming along this autumn. They're probably going to look back at a couple of the instances during this year's Six Nations and France and England in particular. So you've got South Africa, you've got France, you've got New Zealand as potential teams who are going to either be the avenue to dreams coming true for Irish rugby players at the World Cup or the ones that are going to kill the dreams at the end of next year. So is there any commonality when you look at those three opponents in particular that Ireland can be targeting and saying, listen, we need to get better at X or Y? Uh, was it some of the for games? Yeah, so, yeah, the, the, one, the teams we play this year, I guess, later on. Well, if you look, South Africa probably have the biggest threat mm. in the scrum. Uh, if you look at what they did to England in the final couple of years ago, you know, they have, and you know, even the Lions during the year, they have some excellent props. So they're probably going to be the main threat scrummage wise. Um, New Zealand, they're, they're actually a bit, you know, they're, they're they scrum pretty much like Ireland, they don't really look for um, New Zealand trying to play off the scrum a bit more right Ireland would try and attack with the scrum a bit more but New Zealand do tend to play off it and Australia um, I haven't watched them for a while actually so I'm not quite sure how, how good their scrum is but they're always up or down you know they're, I often see the Australian scrum getting written off and then it delivers a great performance and then the following week it gets rinsed so it's a uh, but of all those three, South Africa would be definitely the ones I worry about the most. 
Just in terms of strength and depth, like the the general consensus afterwards was that well, that front row is going to um, like Keane Healy might not be at this level anymore. But that doesn't seem to be what you're saying at all. If the referee had refereed that properly at the weekend, then we wouldn't actually be worried about the strength and depth in the scrum. So, do we need to maybe take that? one-off as a one-off and make sure that we're prepared for the next time that happens to cheat back or to influence the referee in a way. What's the truth about our strength and depth? I, look, I, I, th- I think it can, our strength and depth can be better. You know, um, we, we've we developed Porter into a, you know, pretty much going up there to be one of the, into the world-class category at tight head and then we moved him back because we wanted, you know, himself and Ty on the pitch at the same time. So, you know, we we need to figure out succession planning there. So we've we've got Finley Bealham there. Um, Tom O'Toole's kind of I think he's injured at the moment, is he? And uh then you know so we've as Lou said with Porter and Keen, you know, who's I think he's got a few more years left in him. As as you said, I don't think, you know, one one tough decision game suddenly means he's finished. You know, it's uh I, I still back him. I thought I aside from the scrum penalty decisions, I had a decent game around the pitch. I remember, I remember him chasing down the scrum half at the back of them all during the game. Uh, he's still quite mobile and he's like he's, he's as strong as ever. Uh, below that, you know, it's, it's become the you know there's a few cabs queuing up. You know, Dave Kilcoyne obviously is on the bench the weekend. You got Ed Byrne. Um, Lou said there, there needs to be kind of clear, you know, second or third choice emerging. Uh, and you know, there's a few guys putting their hands up at the moment, but none, none of them have really got there yet. Uh, at tight head, you know, below Tom O'Toole, I mean, you still have Mark Moore knocking around the Ulster, uh, Keenan Knox down in, down in Munster. So there needs to be, again, there needs to be an emergence of, you know, this, this guy's going to be third choice for us. Yeah, it's difficult to do because you can't really just pick somebody and work on them. Or can you? Is that the, is that the right way to do that? It's like, okay, you're you're our number three guy, and so you're going to get more time. We're going to influence your local coaching ticket, and we're going to bring you into the Ireland squad, and, and that's it. Yeah, look, you, you've seen that they they bring bring guys in uh, into the training squad, so they get an exposure and they get a taste for what it's for. But at the, what the, all those guys really need is just consistent game time for their provinces. You know, so to you know. To really kind of drive drive the competition, uh, you know. So at the interpros, they get a chance to put their hands up and see who's going to, you know, get get picked. But look, all, all, a lot of those guys are young, so we have a lot of nice young crop coming up. But they need to, um, you know, really put their hands up and start putting pressure on the guys above them. All right, Mike. Great stuff. Thanks a minute for joining us this morning. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you. It's Mike Ross giving us some insight into uh, what we need to do to fight back the next time it happens to us. Yeah, or come with a a dark, dark game plan. The the only way Ireland are going to go far in this World Cup is by being uh, hated. In our pre match, in our pre match, our pre show meeting, uh, Joseph was talking about Andy Lee one time saying that if um, if you get a low blow or a headbutt early in a fight, the only thing you can do is punch punch back in the balls or headbutt back, because that way the message is sent: we ain't taking this. Yeah, that's over. So cheat back. It does seem, obviously, when somebody gets, especially when he, when he's talking uh, about that first technique that the English scrum were using at the weekend, that that's a very, very hard thing to combat. I suppose the next scrum is your opportunity as opposed to within yeah. that one scrum. Yeah, or or to like, excuse me, sir, 
I hope you realize what they're doing here. I mean, I know you're such a uh, beautiful, educated, you've got such a giant rugby brain, sir, that you can see that this front row is cheating, sir. Yes? <laughs> en français? Tu peux, tu peux le faire en français? Maybe that's it. Je peux pas. Maybe that's it. Maybe, maybe uh... No! Maybe uh, they, they need to learn French between now and then. Well, that's I guess if you're coming up against a, a French team, Sexton should have enough from his yeah. year in Paris. No, he should do two years. Um, yeah, but I'm just thinking. I guess if they're, if, they're, if you come up against France next year with uh, French referees, obviously something's wrong, and uh, that would that would be a grave injustice. <laughs> I mean, look, stranger things have happened. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar.